Dead Men Tales is brought to you by SupplyHouse.com. What if I tell you you could skip waiting at all the long checkout lines this winter by shopping for your next heating job from home? Sounds pretty good, right? Just go to SupplyHouse.com. SupplyHouse carries over 200,000 high-quality name-brand heating products and replacement parts at honest prices to make your next job simple. Visit their site or download the SupplyHouse.com app. Browse their full inventory and get the parts you need shipped directly to your door. See? Not a single line. So kick back by the fire. Save time shopping online with SupplyHouse.com. From HeatingHelp.com, it's Dead Men Tales. I'm Dan Hollihan. When I was much younger and had just become a magazine writer, a gentleman named Fremont Lobestol called me on the phone. He was from Ann Arbor, Michigan, and he worked as a salesman for the Hutzel Plumbing and Heating Company, which has been around since 1857. I could still hear his voice. It was part Sunday school teacher and part delighted child. I sat up and listened. He called to give me some tips about steam heating, and it came at a good time because I was writing a book called The Lost Art of Steam Heating. I had been devouring old heating books for years and thought I had most of it figured out, but that was a young man's hubris. I know now as an old man that the learning never stops, and that was a lesson Fremont was about to teach me. Never ask a customer what he or she does for a living, he said to me once. Always ask what their chosen profession is. There's a difference. Please think about that. And so I did. And I still think about it, even though Fremont has been gone for years. The difference stays with me. Fremont, in a special way, was asking the other person, what did you choose to do in life? He wasn't asking, what did circumstances choose for you to do? He was empowering the other person by asking the question his way, and not in a more common way of, what do you do? There's a power to that, a belief in human dignity, an affirmation of the pursuit of happiness. This was a very wise man. I was on a seminar trip to Chicago when he was dying, and I detoured to Ann Arbor to visit with him in the hospital. I stopped along the way at a mall where there was one of those things-remembered stores. I bought a pocket watch and had them engrave it to Professor Lobestall. I added some other words of appreciation and gave him this symbol of time even though we both knew he had little time left. The watch was about the time he had given me, and that was both precious and appreciated. I sat on the edge of his bed and we talked for a while. He was a great man. I never saw him again. The first time he called me, he asked me if I knew how to tell whether a steam boiler was dirty or clean. I told him I usually look at the gauge glass to see if the steam part of the glass is wet or dry. It should always be dry. I had read that in an old textbook. He told me what I had just said was fine, but then in his Sunday school voice, he told me there was more that I didn't know, and he would now teach me. Here's what you do, he said. You build up some steam pressure, just a couple of pounds is fine, then close the bottom valve on the gauge glass. That will isolate the bottom of the glass from the boiler. Next, open the petcock at the bottom of the glass, but be very careful. I don't want you to get burned. When you open that petcock, and if the water in the boiler is good and clean, you'll flash down steam through the top of the gauge glass and out the petcock. That happens because you're suddenly dropping the pressure on the water inside the boiler. The steaming rate of the boiler will, all of a sudden, 
pick up quite a bit, and the steam will blow right out of the gauge glass. But if the water is dirty, it will prime right over the top of the gauge glass when you open that petcock. You won't get much steam, just a lot of dirty water. That's how you'll know for sure whether the boiler water is clean or dirty. If it's dirty, you'll have to clean the system. It works every time. Try it. I did. And it works every time. <laughs> oh, he added, when you open the bottom valve of the gauge glass again, watch how the water returns to the glass. It should pop right up. If it doesn't, that means the lower connection to the gauge glass is clogged. Remember that. I did. And I included his thoughts in my book, The Lost Art of Steam Heating. I named it The Lobestole Method of Steam Boiler Water Quality Inspection after that seasoned old-timer, Fremont Lobestole of Ann Arbor, Michigan. This made him quite happy. Later, I dedicated another of my books to him, and this made him even happier. He'd call and ask if he could buy some copies of that book, and would I please write something nice about his qualifications on the cover page and then sign it. He would give those books to prospective customers. And here's the beautiful part. He would never let me give him the books. A man must be paid for his work, he said. So we'd extend him a very deep discount, and I would sign each book with something like, To Professor Lobestall, who is the very best at what he does and who has taught me so much. That would bring out the delighted child side of the man. For years after he died, his customers would write to me to tell me how much he meant to them, how he had solved their heating problems, and how he respected them, each and every one of them. Whenever I saw him, it was winter. He wore a big top coat and a fedora, and a suit, of course. Visiting him was like visiting the 1940s. What a great old-timer he was, and I was so lucky to have had him in my life for a while. One thing I do regret, though, is this. As I wrote The Lost Art of Steam Heating in 1991, I took a bit of poetic license when I was quoting Fremont. When I described how he explained his method to me, I had him refer to me as kid, as in, kid, how do you know whether the water in a steam boiler is clean or dirty? I wrote it that way because that's how I felt back then, especially when I was listening to him. Compared to that great man, I was a kid. I would never call you that, he admonished me. Never! And in saying that, he taught me another lesson, this one about respect. Even though I was a kid, he saw me as a colleague who needed to learn something. That's all. He also told me that when he was just starting out, the plumbers used to fix leaks in old radiators by tamping lead wool into the holes. He explained how lead wool was better than steel wool because it's not brittle. It packs and it stays put, he said. And he mentioned that they used to use horse manure to fix leaks in steam boilers. The roiling of the water pushes the manure into the hole, he explained. It's not a permanent fix, but it's a good way to get the customer through the winter. Lead wool and, and horse manure. I never found that in any of my old books. Fremont went to heaven in 2002. He was a joy to know. He taught me a lot about heating, sure, but he also taught me about life and about how to be a better man. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think of him. Some people just stay with you like that. Had you known him, I think you would have liked him. So go teach a young person something he or she doesn't know. If you do that, you will live on in their hearts long after you're gone. 
They'll carry you with them forever. I hope you liked that tale. And if you did, please share it. And please subscribe to this podcast. I have many more Dead Men Tales to share with you. And I so appreciate the time you spend with me. Thanks. Mm-hmm.